0: Two, 62, one. 49, no, 69,
1: 42. <laughs> now, you know that was. You know that wasn't on the uh, like ASVAB or anything for grunt level, right? You, you keep messing that up. You're not allowed.
0: All Dude. Right? I
1: got up to 20. That's all I have to count. I got 20 fingers and toes. We're good.
0: My ASVAB scores all were right. the best
1: they have seen so, in the center. But you're in Georgia, so they were just pleased you had teeth. Dude, my worst score was 100. And you're not inbred? I, I'm, and again, I mean, in Georgia, the bar was pretty low. Dude, I'm in Atlanta, the capital of America. Are you, though? And how many of them are actually from Georgia or just moved there? No. But that's I... a whole other debate. Yeah. So, if you're uh, defending Georgia and in your integrity and honor after everything I just said, please send all hate mail to Seska at Blasters and Again, Seska at Blasters and <laughs> Speaking of the Blasters and Blades Podcast, <laughs> that's why you're here today. Hey, all you crazy sucks. Hey, all you crazy sci-fi and fantasy fans, it's time for your daily dose of shenanigans over here at the Blasters and Blaze podcast. Just three nerdy veterans geeking out over our science fiction passions and fantastical fantasies, a place where magic is king, the sky is the limit, space is the place, and pineapple does not belong on pizza. So without further, wait a minute, let's see if she cheated this one too. Michelle, how do you feel about pineapple on pizza?
2: It belongs on on pizza with bacon not ham
0: with what did she say bacon
1: bacon yes. not ham see bacon, not ham.
0: i love this woman
1: i think doc i think you're plotting on me like the last five guys you're just wrong
2: i can neither confirm nor deny how We're much i got to... paid to say that <laughs>
1: <laughs> Happy. all right my so on uh, something. I, I will address this in the I will uh, I will address this in a post show, and if you had enough to hire her to do that, Doc, I'm clearly paying you too much. <laughs> so, uh, Michelle C. Myers, could you introduce yourself to our listening viewing audience? Sure, uh, I, my I, name I'm is not Now with a ten foot pole. I've
2: been told that this needs to be a hundred words or less, so I'm going to try and keep it brief. Um, my name is uh, Michelle C. Myers. Um, I have written Forget Nothing 1, and Forget Nothing 2 is about to be available in early 2022. Uh, previously I've written some, uh, gun and gear reviews for the shooting tactical world. And, uh, have a little bit of background in, uh, spent some time in the Marine Corps, active duty. And then I left the Marine Corps, and I went to the Army, And um, I've been there for a little bit, a little bit of time, and I've I've been loving it. I love my time in the Marine Corps, and I'm loving my time in the Army now too. So,
1: outstanding. You can't go wrong with the big green weenie. That's what they say.
0: That's right. One of my favorite NCOs was an had started in the Marines and went into the Army. So,
2: yep. I have several uh, soldiers Mm -hmm. right now Mm -hmm. that were in the Marine Corps and now they're uh, in the Army. So. It happens.
1: So, uh, my mentor when I made sergeant was a uh, was a former Marine. He got, he got out of the Marine Corps Embassy maybe right when the war was in. the You early messed phases, up cause... this
0: bad, and you still had a mentor.
1: I mean, it was sure. worse before. I was actually intoxicated. I sobered up.
0: Dear God! I mean, there was a reason I was corporal three times. Who knows what would have happened to you
1: i'm telling you i was a corporal three times i'm the kind of i was the kind of junior enlisted person that she probably hated when she was a lieutenant she would go home at night like cursing people like me probably
2: mm-hmm. or she
1: just let the gunny handle it i don't know lieutenants are weird like that i let the gunny handle but, it anyway he... the smart <laughs> one <laughs> i assumed that based <laughs> on your writing yes so they're. they're uh... So he thought he would be smart He's the war was starting so he got off active duty marines as a light infantry on embassy duty, and he's like, "I'm going to go in the National Guard. They never go anywhere." Three oh. days after he joined the unit, he got deployment orders. Three days. Oh no! It, he's like, "If I'd have known I was going over there, I'd have gone with the Marines." I'm like, "Well, you're stuck with us." <laughs> so, but you uh, made I the decision for us because, th- well, it was good for us because, you know, the Guard at the time was sort of in transition to being more professional and Mm. so like a lot of the times they would finish training and they'd do the bare minimum and they'd go in but he took it a little more seriously on account of there was a war and people die in war so when everyone else was off for the day we were in our tents on the parade deck learning how to do all the things that i didn't think i'd ever need to know and some of it i didn't use but but yeah he he worked us to the bone but he's an awesome guy that's awesome he
0: worked you to the bone because he cared
1: that's what he told me every time he beat us. I mean, he encouraged us <laughs> with love. But uh, the, the next just part kind of the next you know, Although I will say, I've told this story before, so I won't belabor the point. But when we, uh, the Marines have this model, gear adrift is a gift. Mm-hmm. So we had our um, tow bars for our Humvees uh, tactically loaded. So they were hooked up and ratchet strapped in place. So in the middle of a firefight, if something happened, literally you're a K bar cut away and then you rock on. When we went on base, because we were transient, we never undid that. The Marines saw that as a challenge, and they wanted our tow bars, so they took them. So we got even, and we took the Marines' guide on because the guy was asleep oh. on guard duty. Uh, oh. Probably not the best thing for him and his gun to explain to his gunny or his captain, because I met both of them. So we liberated their um, their guide on, and we had a trade. And he was <laughs> down, like he totally went on this ops with us against the Marines. I-, I thought for sure he'd sit this one out. We wouldn't even mind minded, like we'd have been. Would have been down with it, but he's like, Nope, we're one of you now. So so we stole that guide on. I mean, we liberated that guide on together. That's so,
2: fantastic. I will have
1: you know they did get it back in one piece. That's mostly. Good. That's nice. eventually. So anyway, the next eventually well, we got our stuff back first. Um, so um although when we did get in a fight with the Marines at Alaconda, he sat that one out. He just watched and called us a bunch of idiots. So I, I mean it's <laughs> well, only so hard. He was right. Well, we'll talk about that one offline because it gets not very politically correct, and we try to we try to skirt the waves of the the, the social wars that are going on because we don't care about either side. We just want to nerd out over good books. So my speaking of nerding out, we get to then. tell you yeah, that's not a bad rule. Um, <laughs> but so we like to tell you, dear listener, how we first found this guest. So I actually found Michelle through Jason Onspock uh, and Nick Cole, who hired her to write in the Galaxy's Edge universe. Um, and then, as we, um, as for how we got her on the show, well, she did threaten to kill me, and, and rip my blue cord in half, and I couldn't have that happen, so we said yes. So, but I'm sure she was going to kill us with love and kindness,
0: because mm-hmm.
1: that's kindness. what Marines are known
0: for: love and
2: kindness. Love and kindness, yes.
1: <laughs> we actually, we actually escorted uh, one of the Marine tankers. I don't think they have tanks. Jr. Like, Jr. On topic. No, they actually had tanks that named the tank Marine named his tank kindness and the other one love The, the <laughs> tankers like to write on the barrel of the tank, like a name for the vehicle. Mm. And seriously. They named it love and kindness for the two that we escorted, which killing i was killing with
2: kindness.
0: So the ADHD is right. apparently very strong tonight.
1: <laughs> I mean, I am on my fourth cup of coffee, but oh. you know, anyway. All right, doc, did you, did you meet her before I roped you into this podcast? I mean, were you in the secret? But I was familiar familiar with her
0: because I do own this audiobook.
1: Yay! It's an excellent audiobook. She did well. It is an
0: excellent audiobook.
1: She hit it out of the park for her her debut novel. But before we decide whether she gets to stay, you do have to ask her the religion questions.
0: I know. She gets to stay because uh, she's way too badass for you to get rid of her. Uh, So (laughs) pick one Aliens, Terminator, or Serenity.
2: When you say serenity, do you mean you're
0: talking Firefly, right? I am talking Firefly. Okay,
2: good. I just needed to make sure there wasn't some one off Serenity. Oh no, 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 no. We very
0: much while we love Firefly, we very much specifically picked Mm. Serenity. Interesting. Because of Summer Galoo's characters develop character development.
2: Okay. Absolutely, I am one hundred percent a brown coat believer, and uh, uh, I'm unashamed.
0: So, uh, I totally agree. It's they are a wonderful group of people, and um, I think Disney is uh, going to be very interesting to see how that goes. (laughs) I I, I do not. I'm
1: trying not to cringe. You Uh, know what?
0: They did a pretty decent job with Mandalorian, so. I won't like.
1: This is true, but I will say, for for hmm. men of a certain age, though, I will say Ellen Ripley from Aliens.
0: Mm.
1: Yeah, it's, that's that's top shelf right there.
0: I wouldn't know. I was never a man of a sur- certain age. Um.
1: <laughs> I mean, if you did, that would be a different podcast where we would talk about that.
0: <laughs> so, next we have the fantasy questions: Xena Warrior Princess, Legend of the Seeker. Sort of the the sort of truth, or the Potterverse.
2: Uh, no one can beat Lucy Lawless. There's just no question about that. Thank you. Oh, and yeah, she's amazing. amazing. Yeah, she's amazing.
1: Gabriel's pretty awesome too, though. I liked her character arc. Mm. That was that Uh, was the most excellent. Gabriel would be up very up.
0: badass if you didn't have Lucy Lawless standing next to her.
1: Touche. That's yeah. True. Well, she had she had to grow into it, but but she's an example no, no, that you no. can write a, it, a strong a female character without them being a Mary Sue. Right. <clears throat> mm-hmm. <Red. clears throat> beautiful sorry. character,
0: and it's like you know that person you know when you're standing there and you're like I got a ninety-eight and the other person got a hundred. You're like fuck you. <laughs> That's the
1: difference. Yeah. Touché. Absolutely. But okay, so... I just want to know how they did all those stunts.
0: They did them by being more physically fit than you. Um. So here we do both sci-fi and fantasy, obviously. But which was your first love, sci-fi or fantasy?
2: Oh, so I'm going to have to go with... I was introduced to fantasy first. And I was introduced in kind of an odd way. So I used to listen to... The Lion the Witch in the Wardrobe, like audio production on Saturday mornings on the radio, which is kind of weird. Um, so I was introduced to fantasy first through that, but I was very, very quickly got into sci-fi through I was a big history nerd, which led to like history fiction, which led to military fiction, which led to sci fi. So that was like right on the right after that. So it, it was almost concurrent.
0: I can get
1: that. So, did you read any? Did you read any alternative history then, like Terry Turtledove series?
0: I didn't
2: read that. No. Um, I can't remember which series that I actually read. Um, but they were mostly like historical fiction. Like they they were, they were, novels about people who didn't exist in in historical happenings that did happen. So, I learned a lot of history that way, which was kind of cool. cool. Yeah.
1: All right. Don't hey. save me from going all history nerd. Cause uh, <laughs> I,
0: know, I was waiting to see if you fell for it. <laughs> okay. So what would be your first memory of engaging in it? Was it Narnia or yes.
2: was there
0: something else before that? Okay. Yeah, definitely. Uh, definitely Narnia uh, was CS Lewis. So yeah. Uh. Well, C.S. Lewis was an amazing author, so Mm -hmm. I got started with good stuff there. Um, Now, what is it that you love about speculative fiction?
2: Oh, man, that's a great, that's a great question. Um, My favorite part of this genre is really the reality of it, because the human condition, psychology, reality, sociology, those common human themes, they're all the same no matter where where you go in this genre, whether it be sci-fi or whether it be fantasy. Because ultimately, you're telling a story about people and how they interact with each other and how they interact with their environment. And those things are very, they're fascinating to me. So being able to see those types of themes in a world that doesn't, exist outside of our minds or outside of the, the words on the page. I think it's, it's a phenomenal way to tell a story and to tell, you know, what's actually happening in our current world.
1: And, you know, you did it right. When you see on the the reviews where someone says something to the effect of that could have been me, I was at, you know, XYZ situation and other than the location and the tech, that was like, that was me. Mm -hmm. That's how, you know, the story nailed it out of the Mm -hmm. park. So uh, yeah. I think that's what you can do. And you can get that yeah. level of detachment when it's speculative fiction because it isn't modern world with all the baggage that comes with, you know, loaded yeah. historical situations. So, all yeah. right. Um, so yeah, how does you your love of speculative fiction? No. What don't you want to read a story about?
0: Nothing. I was having an ADHD moment. Go. <laughs>
1: Okay. So how did your love of speculative fiction as a genre transition into you writing stories in that space?
2: Hmm. So I used to, I used to do some writing as, as a kid. Um, and as a kid, I would do like, like I said, like some of the historical military type um, fiction. Like I wrote some screenplays that some of my friends like got together and made movies that over, which was a lot of fun. But I kind of dropped that off uh, later once I got into uh, into high school. But really how I got into writing for Galaxy's Edge and writing for Get Nothing was... Um, I have worked in... Well, I've trained with uh, Doc John Spears, who writes the Dark Operator series connected to the, the Galaxy's Edge series. Um, and when it was time for... Jason on Spock and Nick Cole, the founders of the Galaxy's Edge uh, series, uh, to kind of write Andy and Broxton's backstory, who was already a character in the main series. Um, I guess uh, Doc Spears was like, uh, here's who you need to talk to. She's in the military, so you should talk to her <laughs> uh, and kind of get um, get her perspective. So so Jason emailed me and kind of asked me some of my experiences in the military and, and what those look like and maybe what Andine's experiences might have been in the in the military, in the Republic Marines, in the Galaxy's Edge series. Um, and I wrote a fairly long email back, uh, <laughs> which was replied to in like one sentence. And it was, would you like to just co-write with us? And uh, that's how that
0: began. <laughs> That's a great way of doing it. Yeah. No. I, I, I've thought that Jason was smart for a while. Now I know.
1: <laughs> He's Well what makes you smart. think he wasn't? Or is it just because he hired me? Was it just because he hired me?
0: No, it's because I've been disappointed <laughs> by enough males that I wonder if they're actually smart or if I just think they're smart.
1: <laughs> oh, it's back to the doc Sesca's uh therapy hour. No, no we're not, it's just
0: just fact, any woman (laughs) will agree with this. (laughs)
1: Uh, Well, not being a woman, I will just smile, nod, and we will move on smartly. So, many authors let their own real life experiences influence the stories they tell. So, were there any specific formidable moments that shaped you as a storyteller? You know, I, I can't say that there's
2: specific moments that shaped how I tell stories. Um, I really think they're they've been cumulative over time. Um, I was a huge reader as a kid, uh, and I believe that being having read so many books, I I picked up some of the patterns on how you know books are formed and how to you know how to tell a story in a in a way that's engaging. So I think that that really um, kind of drove a little bit of of the ability to to tell a story but really i think the the most formidable um experiences that that's shaped me as a storyteller has been within the military and that that has come a lot from the marine corps and it's fed directly into kind of andine's story where she's gotten the opportunity to to try to be a part of the elite, uh, legion, which is up to this point has been a male only organization. And I was in the Marine Corps at the time that, uh, the combat ban was being lifted and there was a lot of tests and a lot of trials and a lot of, a lot of that stuff going on. Um, so seeing that a little bit firsthand, seeing the experiences of those around me, I think those, uh, really, really drove a lot of, how I've told and Dean's story specifically.
1: Okay. So speaking of the military, um, your bio mentioned, and you talked about it briefly, that you served in both the U S Marine Corps and the U S army as an officer. So we asked mm-hmm. all of our uh, authors that we interviewed who were also veterans. How do you think your time in uniform affects the stories you tell?
2: Oh, it's, I, I think it's saturated with it, honestly. Um, and I would be very interested in the future to to do a a different type of story and kind of see how that that fleshes out a little bit too but I think especially because because forget nothing is a military sci-fi it's it's very heavily influenced by my time in in uniform and how it's affected this uh, the, the storyline for for Andine yeah
1: so. So I'll ask you this because I'm curious. So when I wrote my first book, I sent it to my publisher, um, Tim Taylor, and there was a scene in there that I've talked about where he sent back the edit. This isn't believable. Nobody will believe it really happened. You need to take this out and tweak it this way. <laughs> but that scene actually happened to me. So have you ever had that happen where you like, you get to the stuff and like, I know it's happening because it happened to me, but nobody will ever believe this. So I'm
2: very fortunate that I have uh, Jason who, reviews everything that I write. <laughs> so it <laughs> <laughs> he is phenomenal. And the fur you know, Forget Nothing one that came out last year, um, he had a very, very heavy hand in in the in the writing of that one. Um I had a lot more free reign on Forget Nothing Two, which is coming out uh later um at the beginning of twenty two. Um, but when I kind of, when I sent him the, my kind of my final product, most, most of it is still, I mean, it's still all in there. And, you know, he's added some of his professional polishing, which was phenomenal to see. And, uh, yeah, there really wasn't any of, any of that really. Um, which I was fortunate, like nothing was like, oh, that's ridiculous. So that was good. (laughs)
1: So, so did he kill off any of your favorite characters in your story? Because he certainly did in mine.
2: Did he really? Oh, no. Um, no, uh, I have. I killed off some characters myself, so <laughs> not any, not any. So, I mean, I certainly.
1: Go ahead. Uh, go ahead. Not any say, I characters, I don't think. Too, So, so, he didn't kill any of yours. It's the, it's a lag. It's okay. We'll, we'll get through yeah. it. But, That's all right. Uh One of my favorite secondary characters. He killed because he's like, we need to make it them bleed a little bit more, Jr. No. Oh, no. But, oh, oh no! But you know,
0: I Wait, always thought it the was reserve reserve the rich. more. Yes, because that was pretty much an arterial wound after an arterial wound.
1: I know, but he mm. wanted it to dive the dig the knife in just a little bit deeper and then twist it cuz mm. I, I thought it was nick i thought he was the evil one who killed all the characters you like but nope it was jason Jason's it's the jason sociopath. but it's jason anyway, it was no, jason. Nick,
0: nick's busy drinking an and awesome. driving not together
1: yes <laughs> and not alcohol cuz he's he's on the sober train but um and then, and then, okay, I have to ask because it's a personal experience for me too. But did you get the disappointed dad look from from Jason if you were like a little bit behind, or is that just me?
2: Oh man, I I got some disappointed silence because <laughs> I was behind.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I was behind the the... Dad? It's become a meme. Yeah,
0: oh, yeah. Meme I, I wouldn't generation. know.
1: his disappointed dad face?
0: Jason yeah. always smiles whenever he no. sees or uh, talks to me.
1: Because <laughs> yeah, you don't have any deadlines that you missed No So anyway, we like talked about
2: one. We talked about Forget Nothing And writing the outline In Oh man Like 2018 And 2018 is when I got off of active duty So I got off of active duty In May of 2018 I didn't start like a full time job Until like 6 months later And six months later, almost the same month that I started working, Jason emails me and is like, here's the outline, you can start writing now, and I'm like, ah, no, I had six months of doing nothing, I could have been writing if I had this, so after that it took like three years, so, here we are.
1: (laughs) You'll show him. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So... Back to your experience in the in the military. So when you write, do you draw on people that you knew personally when you were in?
2: Oh, yes. Um, I have several characters that are – their personalities and some of their stories are based off of specific people. Um, they don't always bear that same person's name. Um, and I have some people that have a name that I want to commemorate and not, aren't necessarily um, – you know, reflect the personality, but then there's, there's some, and these are my favorite characters. I think that are kind of conglomerates of multiple people that I've served with roll rolled into one. And there's, there's several examples of that in uh forget nothing Two, And at least, at least a couple in forget nothing one that are uh, some of my favorites.
1: I like when you write your Marine or your military characters, that you don't pull any punches and nobody's like, too much of the scumbag, like people that have an agenda or people that serve, that try to glamorize, like you picked a happy mm. medium.
2: Oh, wait till forget uh, nothing that, too. That's,
1: that's always a. The, uh, I I'm an audio person. So while I do have the insider copy that's, that's done because it is finished to your listener. Uh, it's yep. just going through the um, post-production. I, I, I listen. I like to have my stories read to me like kindergarten hour. I'm a I'm yep. drunk. Yep. Um, so I'm waiting for the audio book. Oh so, Yeah. But- and we've talked about how your time in the, in the military affects the way you tell stories. But has it changed how you engage in content as a consumer, so a reader, watcher of movies, player of games?
2: Oh, yes. Um, I have, since being in the military, I, I remember specifically when I was in uh, the Pacific uh, area with the Marine Corps, I had a lot of time to read when I was on a ship. And, um, I put a book down, like I stopped a book that just had a completely terrible explanation of like guns and gear. And I was like, this is a decent story, but I just can't deal with your terrible explanation. Like this is such a turnoff. So I had to put it down. <laughs> it was I, bad.
1: Yeah. I've I listened to Doc rant about that with some of her, her friends <laughs> that write uh, fantasy She's like, no, that's yeah. that's not the military at all. I don't know what you were doing, but I was just a phone call away. You could have called me.
0: <laughs> there are no warrant officers oh, yeah, I, I, enlisted in the sixty-eight series.
1: She she's really passionate about the whole medic thing. Yeah. Uh, I wonder why. I don't know. It's it's a mystery, an enigma, and a mystery.
2: As Doctor all right, should doc. Be. You get
1: to ask your favorite question. <laughs> <laughs> That's one thing I uh, you know, I learned uh, before I went in, is never piss off the people that pay you, the people that fix you when you're broken.
0: Mm. Or the people Smart. who feed you. So You should add the I people mean, who feed you they, to we, that
1: list. Have you been to an army defect? I mean, come on, I don't <laughs> know. I think the MREs might've been better. They are. You
0: know what? I had some friends who worked in the army defect, and I always got the best food when I went there of what they had.
1: Mm. Because they were your friends. Because but I was their medic. Likes the we, we, we're loud and noisy and we leave messes. So. I
0: adore All right,
1: Fandom practice.
0: Anyways, transitioning to the fandom side of things. Have you had any cool fan art or uh, cosplay of a character yet?
2: Only no. Not by anyone that's a fan that's not me.
0: No, <laughs> so wait, a fan that's not you? Did you do your own fan art?
2: So... Yes, I guess. I guess the real answer is yes. Um, when I was writing "Forget Nothing One," um, I did some. I did some drawing to kind of. I don't know if it was to distract me from writing, or if it was to prepare me for writing. That, we'll go with prepare because that sounds better. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I I did I did a little uh, fan art sketch. Um, I really like it. I mean. I'll have to find it.
0: You should keep it. And if you have a newsletter, this is where you JR would plug to say, put it in your newsletter so people can see it.
2: Mm, maybe I'll put it up on my Facebook someday. On the, on the Michelle C. Myers Facebook.
0: That would be awesome.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So have you spotted someone reading one of your books out in the wild? I haven't spotted someone reading
2: a book out in the wild. But... I was in a in a course for work that I sat down next to a guy, um, and I was, it was assigned seating, so it was completely random. And throughout the the course, like maybe a week or two in, he he said the words KTF, which we all know is a Galaxy's Edge uh, buzzword. And he said KTF, and I looked at him. I said, "What did you say?" And he said, "I said." Uh, uh, I said KTF, <laughs> and it, I said, "Oh, where is that from?" <laughs> and he said, "Oh, that was my, you know, that was my unit motto." He was in the Marine Corps as well, um, and I was like, "Oh, really? Where did your unit get it from?" And he's like, "Oh, I introduced it." I was like, "Yes, yes. Where did you get it from?" And he's like, "Oh, I read this series called *Galaxy's Edge*," and I oh, was yeah, like, no, yeah. "Oh, okay." Well, cool story. So later on, uh, I told him, and this was right in the middle of when I was uh, working really heavily on Forget Nothing One. Uh, so later, I told him, I was like, "Hey, by the way, you'll see my book out later for Galaxy's Edge." It was it was really neat. Uh, did he have a meltdown? He did actually. He he loved it. He was like, "This is so cool. This is so freaking cool." It was pretty funny.
0: Yeah, no, it's you. As a person who has had to blend in with mundanes, you can always tell the person, because uh, 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 they're like, I'm not going to own it. I'm not going to own it. Damn it. Stop asking me. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's always funny to watch those. And that's like, right when I hear those, I'm like, I'm just going to go after it. Find out. Like, admit mm-hmm. that you're a geek. Okay. Yep.
1: It's okay to be a nerd, did he guys. you? It's a real question.
0: He
2: did. Yeah. Yeah, he did. I mean, it was a longer course, so like we were there, we were there for a couple months. So we put, we built a, a pretty decent working relationship. So he, he believed me by by the end of it. So
0: <laughs> that's <laughs> awesome, though. Yeah, I never, I never came. I came up with platoon mottos, but never anything as mature as KTF. I love KTF. Um, I
1: well, I don't know yeah, that we ever yeah. had any cool platoon mottos.
0: Ours norm all the ones I came up with normally involved booze or um, adult relations.
1: <laughs> Most of the unit models I had were like had been around since like Christ was a corporal, so we couldn't really change them. Yeah, we just perverted them off the books. But, but anyway, we don't want to talk about that because it's a family friendly show. So Doc, get us back on track already.
0: Okay, so can you give us the highlight uh, reel of everything Michelle C. Myers? Everything, Michelle C. Myers, what you've written? What all? Oh. you written. Oh wait, no, sorry, we forgot to we skipped a question because I. What is the weirdest or funniest fan interaction?
2: It had. It would have to be the KTF
0: interaction for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, I think that guy kind of took the cake. Yeah. That's going to be hard to beat for a while.
2: Yeah, definitely hard to beat, especially since, like, it's very, like I said, I write under a pen name. So, if someone randomly knows who I am, I'm like, oh, this is kind of weird. What did I do wrong?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so, Michelle, give us your highlight reel of what you've written.
2: Okay, so, Forget Nothing 1. Um, I think I think my highlight reel is so short, I'll take the time to pause here and do a little celebration uh with uh Jason on Spock and let everyone know that forget nothing one was on the Associated Press bestsellers list for like three weeks, which was pretty cool. So that was pretty fun.
1: Um freaking standing.
2: Yeah, yeah, it was pretty neat. Um, and then, Forget Nothing Two is about to be published in uh, in audio format first, which is part of the contract with Amazon, and then it will then be published in uh, ebook format. And then, I've written most of the foundations for Forget Nothing Three, and once Forget Nothing Three is complete, those will be compacted into one book. So. Not like Lord of the Rings, because I can't compare anything that I do to Lord of the Rings, but it will be three books.
0: Well, I mean, um, it is Legion, so there might be enough walking to qualify. That That is true.
2: There is a lot of walking. Um, but yeah, that'll that'll be pretty exciting once we, we get to uh, Forget
0: Nothing 3 and it comes out in one big hardcover. So are you hard going cover. to name the Omnibus or the uh, book 3 Forget Me Not? <laughs>
2: That's a good question. I think we're gonna leave that for uh, for Jason next time I talk to Jason.
0: (laughs) I can totally. I don't mind telling Jason that's that's what he should totally name it. He would probably just laugh at me and go, "Okay."
1: Twenty years have passed since the Ixa almost wiped humanity from the face of the galaxy. Now they have returned with a prophecy of doom, and the prophecy is already coming true. Start the series readers are calling an action-packed military thrill ride. Download Super Carrier today. Book one in the Ixen Prophecies trilogy. Available from Amazon and Audible. I love it. So while the list is long and impressive of Forget Nothing and Forget Nothing 2, we're going to talk about Forget Nothing today. I know you're shocked. People, hold your beer. It's going to be okay. Um, but so where did you get the premise for the way you told the story? Was it psychedelics, Ouija board, expired crayons? Too many Mm -hmm. of them. I like
2: the crayon reference. I think it was an overdose on expired crayons. Uh, to be honest, washed down with a little uh, bit of glue.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Dig it. So uh, when did that whole crown thing start? Because that wasn't in when I was in. We made fun of Marines. We just called them jarheads or gyrenes, but we never had the crown reference. I don't remember.
2: Mm, you missed uh, Marions. That's what my army compatriots used to call me as the sole Marine in an army course. Uh, Marions. That was my favorite. Um, but to answer I your question, I, I know. I think it was made up. I think they made it up. Um, crayons, the Crayon reference. I don't know where it originated. There's a lot of folklore about, um, like Halloween and a sorority house and the girls were dressed up as
0: crayons, but I kind of don't believe that. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure the Marines would be able to figure I, out the I, lettering. I, right. Exactly. that well, That's on the a one pretty, hand, I
1: have seen the pictures. I, I have seen the pictures and there were females dressed as crowns. I just don't think it had any relation to the Marines i agree i really well. do agree with you on that one um
2: yeah so i don't know where the actual uh, origin began it might have been a uh it could have been a meme at this <laughs> point
0: um it's definitely been a meme since oh yeah it has but
2: as for the origin you know as they say it's lost to to history and the internet
1: So, I remember. So, in the army infantry, we make fun of the Cav Scouts all the time. Like, oh, all the time. Like, you beat them like a redheaded stepchild. And so, I remember a picture of a tanker that rolled over into a ditch in Iraq in 05. (laughs) They absolutely had it coming. Uh, and they and they always like to tell everyone they're basically infantry, but don't even get me mm-hmm. started. Um, oh, but, you yeah. know, as a basically like, a grunt with all the spicy boys and the ranger bad boys. Like I have to have someone to pick on. So, you yeah. know, for them, I'm at the bottom of the heap. Yeah. So for me, I got to, like, kick the, the calf scouts. But there's yeah. a picture of a tank upside down. And it says, you remember those kids that ate glue and crowns in elementary school? They're driving these tanks now. And that was <laughs> the joke. And so to see that suddenly sort of transferred over to the Marines, that's why I, I wasn't sure. Yeah, so. that's that's all right. But that's that's an interesting origin story. Mm-hmm. So, um <laughs> yeah, well, well, one day we'll we'll settle it. Dear listener, I'll tell you what: when we post this, if you know where the crown reference started, hmm. you should let us know in the comment section, email us, do all the things you know how to reach us. We tell you at the end of every show, so you should tell us if you know where it started. Um But before we, haven't driven we dig them in, up by can then? you tell us where that. Oh. It's possible. Now you've been looking because because Michelle C Myers, in addition to her work, is the is uh, an army officer right now. She's also one of the Spice Girls, Spicy Girls. That's what Nick calls them. Uh, our right. co-host Nick Garbers. It's anybody that works with the 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 special peoples. He calls them Spicy Boys and Girls. So because of that, she can't show her face because then she'd have to kill you. And we don't want. So you to So if you die have a problem with it, go talk things. to him. Right. So it's all Nick's fault, basically. It's Nick Garbers' fault. You can send him the hate mail, but um where did the art that you're looking at that we're all looking at on the screen, where did that, uh, that art originate? Did you have any say in it or did Jason just like, here's the color?
2: I did have a say in it. Before I get into that, I will uh, say that uh, the spicy girl side of things that I work on is the law enforcement side of things so that I'm not uh, stealing stolen valor from uh, the super spicy people. Um, But let's talk about this artwork because this artwork, I love this artwork. Um, So, Forget Nothing 2 has the original artwork that was proposed initially, Um, and I won't spoil that because you will will see it eventually, or you will have already seen it uh, potentially in some of the fan groups, Um, but this one specifically, I actually got to work a little bit with Jason and the artist a little bit with... Um, and Jason came up with the original concept and I had some, a little bit of tweaks. So we didn't have uh, the smoke initially. That was, I think that was my idea with the smoke. And I, I thought it tied very well into the, the second book cover. Cause the second book cover has a, has a yellow uh, theme to it. So I really wanted to add the yellow smoke there and uh, kind of tie that into the uh, into both uh, titles, but yeah, I uh, I really like this uh, this cover, and especially I like her gear too because it's very marine-like. It kind of has that uh, Legion um, Sidon type vibe, which is very much akin to the Marines not getting the newest gear. So obviously, this gear is a little bit
1: uh, older. <laughs> so. I, I know, like, when I was writing, so I wrote some of the, the Space Marine, the Imperial, when the Imperial Marines, the Hullbusters in my my books with, with the Galaxy's Edge as well. And that's one of the things Jason hit home on is they have to have the the low crappy gear that doesn't look like it should be in space, like the yeah. Colonial Marines vibe was what, yep. what to go for. And I think this sort of perfectly yep. encapsulates that. Um, let me see if I can zoom in. Uh, and if you can see the drop down, while the Marines have the full, uh, the, excuse me, the Legion has the full HUD. They just get a little one eyepiece and they hope they don't puke their guts out because they're dizzy looking at it. Exactly. So, exactly. so I, I will say that it, uh, I'm impressed that you got way more of a say on the cover than I did for mine. Because when I asked about the cover, he's like, first off, why aren't you standing at attention when you're typing to me? And second off, <laughs> you'll get what you'll get and you'll like it. So I mean, That's maybe,
0: because I I you know, maybe like Doc Spears like scared that.
1: him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one of these days, people are going to ask why I'm not seeing a therapist the way you talk about me, Doc. But anyway, I, I do really <laughs> like it. said you weren't? Um, touche, but this is not the J.R. Hanley therapy hour either. They don't come for that. Well, maybe they do. I don't know. You tell us, dear listener. But I really do like that art. Uh, and then the other one is they didn't use it, but I happen to have it. So let me give you uh, – nope, it's not there. There's just some pretty epic art right now that is um, the same setting, the same engagement for a certain character that's much beyond Major Owens. Yes. That's also in there. For whatever reason, I didn't grab it from the Galaxy's Edge file, but that art is amazing as well. You can find that in the Galaxy's Edge fan club. I will share that art again when I share this to there as well to spread the love. But that art, it was your book that made me realize he was Scottish because when they did the accent.
2: Yep. Yep. So I I actually – The
1: the main series, and so –
2: yeah, I actually got a say in in the uh, the the narrator too, and I listened to the narrator that we selected, and she had done a lot of accents in the past, and I picked her specifically so that she would do Major Owens's accent
0: the right way, but not because of how she says yeah.
1: "marine." <laughs> Correct. <laughs> uh-huh. So she did say corpsemen instead of corpsmen, but that yeah. aside, I mean, you know, seasoned narrators that don't do I mean, military stuff. some like corpsmen that, are more I've like
0: corpsmen, I guess.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I've I've heard one military sci-fi writer who got adjutant instead of adjutant, or instead oh. of the enemy was routed, it was a rooted, like a root <laughs> for a tree. I mean, so as much as it is to make the jokes, like, I, I don't blame them for not knowing but yeah. uh, other than that that glaring omission I, th- I think she did a stand-up job uh w- i have a, a sort of a voice crush on a certain female narrator because she does such an amazing job but if i um veronica Gigare and i'm probably butchering her last name i'm sorry v but other than her because she did a series she was the first audiobook i listened to but other than that and she does amazing voices i would say for female narrators when the female is the main character you got the second place forever like she's she's amazing so I, i'm I'm That's excited awesome. that you're getting her again for forget nothing yeah. too
2: I think we are. So. <laughs>
1: well, we're going to hope.
0: Fingers crossed. This is what carries lots of weight.
2: It's true. I haven't heard yeah, yet.
0: I
1: I'm I, just told this. Huh? I was going to say, I'm just told when to be there and to smile. Well, I guess that's about the extent of it.
0: Don't be there. Yeah. Go type on your computer.
1: All right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we've done Zoom okay. chats and stuff, too. And then and then of course you get the, the Nick Cole approach of nobody cares, JR, nobody cares. <laughs> uh,
2: it's very Nick anyway. Cole.
1: Yeah. Uh, it is, it is. But that's what we love about him. So moving I on care. to the book itself, we don't need to listen to my therapy hour. Thank you, Doc. Thank okay. You. So moving on so, to the book itself. What can you what how you familiar second, Doc, you're jumping ahead. What would the thirty second elevator pitch be?
2: Okay. I'm gonna share my screen here with you for a second. Let's see if I can do this. Sure. How do I share this? Okay. Share screen. Entire screen. Wow. Okay. So I'm gonna put that up there so that we oh, know what we're talking about. So my pitch line, and this is going to be even less than 30 seconds, but if it's my pitch line for the book is, if you want to fight, join the Marines. If you want to <laughs> die, join the Legion.
1: <laughs> I like it. Yeah. Okay. How do I stop? Uh, That's I'm my stopped. pitch. There you go. I stopped before. I like it. It's succinct, even to the point. Yeah. Yeah. Inspired by old Marine Corps advertisements. <laughs> Did you come up with that in a bar? Because that would be the most perfect way to do it.
2: I know, right? I uh, in, definitely I think, inspired yeah, by yeah. the old Marine Corps advertisement for uh, recruiting women post World War II. Love that one. Uh, that I'd one is one around. of
0: my favorites. So, I, will, I will say the one that. Probably beats it is the Norwich University poster from the late 90s, which I had in my room all through high school. That was two female cadets. One of them had a very cocky, smart smile on her face, which. Uh, of her? And it says, what's this about a few good men at the bottom?
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's great.
0: Oh no, I had that thing on my wall for years. I didn't want to go to Norwich, but I wanted that on my wall.
2: That's awesome.
0: So,
1: Norwich is a unique indiv- uh, university. It was started well, by Norwich the guy said- that was kicked out of West Point as Commandant. <laughs> Wait, what? Was kicked out of the guy that was kicked out of the, the guy that started Norwich, Alan something, Petridge, I think. Yeah. Um, he started it because he was fired from West Point, Partridge, yeah. He was fired from West Point for being too strict, so he started his own school, and that was Norwich. Huh.
0: Yes, uh, no, and Norwich Universities anyway. uh it took an army general to start turning it co-ed. Berksville mm-hmm. Hamlet was the gentleman who turned, started the process of taking it co-ed. But no, my grandmother, they sent my grandmother uh, like five copies of the poster, so I had a bunch of them. Nice. Anyway, back so on what do piece. you
1: think makes yeah, Doc? What do you think makes uh, Forget-Nothing special in the crowded field of Galaxy's Edge?
2: Oh, in the field of Galaxy's Edge specifically.
0: Hmm. I think it's better to just say in in general even because – Yeah, in general. Not all of our listeners read Galaxy's Edge. Some of them read Four Horsemen. Many of them read mm -hmm. Arnold harrington so what is okay. it that makes her different than like Honor Harrington for even? Okay. So I think
2: in Forget Nothing and with Andine and Broxon, I think the perspective that you're getting from her is um very unique. And it's something that because of her background and because she's already capable and competent when she when we meet her, she's obviously Obviously, she's not a Mary Sue, because she's already a badass before we meet her. Um, And the perspective that we get to see is one of a first-person perspective. So you're not seeing everyone else's perspective. You're seeing her interpretation of events. And that's especially going to be very, very interesting when when it comes to book number two, when she goes to Legion selection and... And things like that. I think another point there too is a lot of the characters when you meet them in Forget Nothing Two, not so much Forget Nothing One, but in Forget Nothing Two, the majority of the characters are uh, are gray. So they're not good. They're not necessarily bad. Um, they have their positives and their negatives, but they all have their priorities. And some of them can be understood, even though you don't want to understand them. Um, so yeah, I think those those two different uh, things kind of make Andine and Broxon a little bit unique.
1: All right,
0: So, what is, do you how familiar does the listener have to be to Galaxy Z to understand anything in this world?
2: Not at all. Uh, Forget nothing was an Audible original last year, and it actually brought in some fans into Into Galaxy's Edge. So there's very little that you have to understand going into um, into this book about the Galaxy's Edge universe, uh, but it does add some introduction into it. So you do have characters like uh, like Owens, like the Legionnaires that you may or may not meet later or you may have already met in the galaxy's edge series but you you fall in love with some of those characters and if you've never seen this galaxy and this this world um, you're going to see these characters again and you're going to see how they interact with the world as a whole and especially andine this being a a uh, kind of an origin story you're really going to be able to to see her in even book number 1 and book number 2 of galaxy's edge season 1 um but this is the origin story. So this can absolutely pull people into the into the universe without having knowing anything
0: about the universe at all. So So it sounds like it's a great entry point and I love that. Um, but which tropes do you think Forget nothing hits best?
2: Oh man. Um, as a whole, because initially Forget nothing was going to be one book. Um, but now that it's broken up into into three books, as a whole, I was going for the starship Troopers uh kind of boot camp type trope. um there is some leadership philosophy in book number two um
0: but yeah So um, can you tell us a bit more about the main character? I mean, you've talked about her name and you said that she was already a badass and experienced before this. But can you tell us a bit more about her? Sure. So I think what we can talk a little bit
2: about Anne Dean is um, kind of her motivations and her her motivation coming into the Marine, the Republic Marines and. Her opportunity to um, to try out for the Legion is she she wants to be a part of an elite unit, and that the Republic Marines was was her option going into uh, the Republic military. Um, so that's something important to to see and to look at as we see her progression within the Galaxy's Edge universe, even beyond um, the forget nothing books. Um, so she wants to be elite. She wants to continue to push herself, but she also wants to continue to, to give back and try to, try to do good. Um, so kind of knowing her, her motivations for why she's doing what she's doing. I think, um, I think you can see it in the, in the books as, as it goes on, but knowing it up front can, can help, um, kind of
0: understand her character going, moving forward too. Okay, that's awesome. I'm super psyched about this book. It's a great book. Um, Can you uh, tell us a bit more about any secondary characters that might be in it? You've hinted. So.
2: Absolutely. So I think everyone's, one of everyone's favorite characters, uh, secondary characters, um, that's especially that's new in these books is Gunny O'Neill. And, um, this kind of goes back a little bit to, you know, some of the inspiration drawn from, from the military. Um, but Gunny O'Neill is one of those, those characters that is very heavily based off of a collection of different, uh, NCOs and senior NCOs that we've all met in the, uh, in the military. Um, so, so yeah, I think. Meeting Gunny O'Neill, he's a very recognizable character. He's a mentor uh, to uh, Andine, who's an officer at the time, but he's still a mentor for her, and he's very experienced, but he has a lot of life lessons, but he also isn't taking any shit, so he's an awesome character.
1: If you've seen the uh, the movie We Were Soldiers, the uh, the sergeant major in that scene who says who, what kind of who says it's a good goddamn morning that character. Yes. Uh, if you haven't read this book, that's kind of the vibe she she pulled off with with the gunny, um, and he's one of the many side characters in this universe who we were left wanting more of. So. Yeah. I don't I don't normally chime in like that because I haven't clearly read everything of every guest we've ever interviewed, but I've read this one.
2: you will see him again in forget nothing too um so there's a scene with him in it and i think everyone will enjoy it
1: you don't kill him do you because i might might not be able to forgive you
2: i I can't i can neither confirm nor deny anything (laughs)
1: Alright, so does your story, uh, we're speaking specifically of the first book, because that's what we're interviewing today, does your, your novel have any bad guys that the character has to confront that you can answer without giving any spoilers?
2: Uh, in, in book number one, not really, um, you have the, the MCR that, uh, invades, that invades the, uh, the base, spoiler alert, I guess I shouldn't have said that, um, but uh you have the mcr who is active on uh, on the planet uh and causing a ruckus. So that's probably about as close as you're going to get as as a to a bad guy in in number 1. Um but there's there's some good good negative characters uh shading into the black in number 2. In book number 2 for sure.
1: And there are some Easter eggs to other books in the series, including one in the Order of the Centaurian series that you mentioned. That we will leave undesignated, so they can read it and find it themselves. Hmm. Um, speaking of characters, we like to ask all of the, our authors this one. So, as authors, we do horrible and nasty things to the people we write about. So, if Andine met you in a back alley uh, and she knew who you were and the hell you put her through, Michelle, how do you see that interaction playing out? Could you take her? No, oh, she'd kick my ass. Without a doubt. But do
0: you think she'd go for the throat or just to make <laughs> you suffer? Mm.
2: It depends. It depends on uh, which part of the
1: storyline we're in. <laughs> <laughs> depends on what else happened at that point. Okay, I can yeah. really appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. So- you know speaking of characters and, and how we write them some people use the uh, traditional sort of archetypes for characters when they write others just sort of write it instinctively do you, when you write you mentioned in the pre-show that you do you know have some favorite archetypes so can you tell mm-hmm. us what your favorite character archetype is when you write
2: my one of my favorite most enjoyable character archetypes is the jester joker uh character uh, much like Masters, if if anyone's familiar with the original Galaxy's Edge series, um, I don't have that character in forget no- in the first Forget Nothing, but I do have Masters' little brother, not his actual little brother, but a little brother of Masters uh, in book number two, and he's he's fun. He shows up to Legion selection in. skin tight workout pants and a purple mohawk so we're all gonna get get some fun scenes with him
1: outstanding all right so um finally what can you tell us about the universe for people that aren't intimately familiar with what can you tell us about the world where the story takes place
2: So Galaxy's Edge is, do you want like a brief like overview of like what Galaxy's Edge universe is? Yeah, that might work. Okay, Um, so Galaxy's Edge is a fascinating uh, world, sci-fi world, that... Oh man, I haven't prepared for this this question, but it is a <laughs> it's a fascinating uh sci-fi world that uh, a lot of people akin to uh, to a certain um, series that has uh, blasters and uh, space wizards also. Um, however. I love this series and I love the galaxy's edge series and the, and the universe within galaxy's edge, because it really focuses a little bit on the, uh, kind of the, the political environment that's happening, but it also really zooms in and focuses on the individual, uh, soldiers who are the Legionnaires, the most elite soldiers in the galaxy kind of tells their story of the universe through their eyes initially. And then from there it expands dramatically and we get the we get the military sci-fi we get the the space opera we get the the space uh uh espionage uh type uh story um yeah I, it's it's a fun universe and i and i love it it's really uh, it's really fun to read it's really fun to write in too
1: so for those that were from the OG Galaxy's Edge crowd that remember back in the day when uh, Nick would do noir interviews under a streetlight uh, at like ten o'clock at night, talking about it was he was writing it. Uh, the original tagline for for Galaxy's Edge was "Star Wars, not Star Wars," or "Star Wars if the stormtrooper, uh, Star War was it, stormtroopers in Afghanistan if the stormtroopers could shoot." Um, mm. That was the original vibe that it went for, but it's become so much of its own thing. I don't know that that does it justice anymore. Yeah. So, and uh, and they just sort of expanded the lore from there. But uh, that is it in a nutshell. So we, we won't put you on the spot anymore to talk about that. But Forget Nothing is clearly part of a series. We know that because you've said they're currently uh, one book out published, one coming out as soon as it goes through the wickets over on Audible. Um, but is their story done after that? What more can we expect from these characters?
2: So Forget Nothing um, once again was came out uh, last year as an Audible original. Uh, Forget Nothing 2 is going to be coming up. Uh, early twenty twenty-two in both Audible and uh, ebook format. Um so we're going definitely gonna see Dean again. We're gonna see at least one or two characters in Forget Nothing one in the follow-up books. Um but there will be uh, Forget Nothing three. So we have we have a a trio uh three book series planned to to finish out Andeed's origin story and honestly Andine, I did not expect her to return for season two of Galaxy's Edge, um, but she's back and uh, she has, she has some, uh, some major storylines within season two, which I was surprised about. And um, yeah, so if you want more Andine Broxson, she's in, in the very first books of Galaxy's Edge and Legionnaire. And uh, her story continues and it's, it's more complex than, than I planned. I mean, Jason and Nick are phenomenal. So these, these characters are, are out there for, with more stories. It's phenomenal.
1: Oh, outstanding. All right, doc, you're next. documented. <laughs> Thank,
0: Thank you. Sorry. Great um,
1: production quality right here. Total professional.
0: JR, you will never reproduce again. <laughs> so, of all the uh, tech in science in the galaxy's edge universe, particularly in your books, which tech would you want to have? Like you could pick something and bring it here today. What would you use get? I'm simple.
2: I came from the Marine Corps. I love, I love guns and knives. I just want a blaster. That's all I want. Nothing else. That's it. Very oh, I simple. thought you were going to ask for space crowns. Oh,
1: that's a tough one. She actually, said, I just want a blaster. All I'm thinking about is, yell shoot your eye out. Yell, shoot your eye out. <laughs>
0: No, JR, that's your job. Hey, it's the right season. That's right. So, of all... How would you abuse that in a
2: daily life? Oh my gosh. I would take it to the shooting range, and I would just destroy their backstop with it. It would it would be a lot of fun. They'd kick me out, but I, <laughs> I would have a blast. So, <laughs> you know... And then I take my blaster with me, and then I get hunted hunted down by the government, and that that'd probably
0: be the end of that.
2: Well, you know that happens. You know, it's fine.
0: Just finish your stories before the deadline, or you'll you'll get a uh, disappointing dad face emojis in jail. <laughs> Deal. <laughs> so, um, did you get to make any aliens for this? Ooh.
2: I didn't get to make anything crazy for the first uh the first book but for the second book i did get to do some uh some savage marine creation um
0: so what um how did you go about doing it did you pull out your old drawings from like crayola academy or were they like purpose and need driven what
2: yeah, so uh, the Savage Marines in the Galaxy's Edge universe are like post post-humans, so they're heavily modified humans with with tech and, and biotech and things like that. My version of the Savage Marines that appear in Forget Nothing in the Forget Nothing series is inspired by of all things Toy Story. And if you remember Sid, the the creepy kid with his spider head doll. Like he has a spider claws with the doll head. It's inspired. It's not exactly, but it's inspired by that. And it's creepy. It's real creepy. It's nightmare level creepy. So you have that to look forward to.
0: Yay.
1: I know I was just thinking about the creepy kid and, and you know, it's not me this time, so I'm good. Um,
0: Really? Are you Did sure I it's not? Like huh.
1: Maybe? I don't know. This is why we don't do this this late. Doc, I reveal too much. Anyway, all right, so <laughs> clearly this interview is winding down. But before we wrap this up, was there anything about Forget Nothing that we didn't ask you that you wanted to tell us?
2: Oh, man. I think we hit it all. I think I think Forget Nothing is out and available uh, for purchase on Audible and in, on ebook. Uh, and then forget nothing too is coming out on audible, uh, early next year and ebook will be shortly after that. Um, and then book number three will be out eventually also. So I think beyond that, I think, I think we're good.
1: So I don't normally, uh, get paperback copies cause my library is only so big, but I will say when this comes out for the final condensed, all three versions, I'm yes. going to need a signed copy so Done. i'm just gonna have to do that i don't um, i don't care if i have to drive up to northern virginia to do it we will we will be getting a on copy oh you
2: are pretty right. close so, you are pretty close we can make this happen
1: outstanding outstanding so uh this is the part of the intro uh, the introduction <laughs> this is the part of the the interview dear listener where well, i remind you that uh your thoughts matter so re- remember to review the book so please be kind and speak your mind on the reviewing platforms your reviews help the right reader find the right books so uh everywhere the books are sold you can leave your thoughts barnes and noble books a million all the places amazon we all know how much doc loves bezos so she wants you to review it on on amazon um, she totally The most approved looks thing, right thing I do that
0: Bezos owns in my book is Audible.
1: This is true. Uh, mm. And so over on Goodreads, if you don't have any of those, start a website so you can review it there. If you don't have those, build a website. Just share your thoughts. They help the right reader find the right books uh, and tell us all how awesome this is. Uh, even the negative reviews can help readers find it because sometimes what you love about a book or hate about a book, other people have the polar opposite reaction. And if you don't believe me, read the one in five stars and you'll see some of them complaining or commenting on the same exact thing. So, so do your thing, people, and, and share and rate and review. They really do help. Um, so this is where I ask you, Miss Michelle C. Myers, how listeners can find you if they wanted to stalk you on the interwebs.
2: Yes, if they want to stalk me and tell me how terrible and how much they hate, uh, forget nothing. Uh, you can find my author page on Facebook at Michelle C. Myers. Um, if you're, I do have an Instagram ghost account also that you can follow. It's called The Ghost of Leaders Past. It has nothing to do with forget nothing, um, but it is my thoughts uh, and opining on uh, situations and leadership, and uh, it's fun. So it's basically the extension of uh, my diary um, and my leadership diary. It's It's a lot of fun. Um, but outside of that, Facebook and Instagram, that is the best way to, uh, to find me
1: on online. Outstanding. And all that, as usual, dear listener will be in the show notes. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at twitter.com backslash sf underscore fantasy underscore show sierra foxtrot underscore fantasy underscore show you can email the show at blasters and blades podcast at gmail.com again blasters and blades podcast at gmail.com you can find us where all the shenanigans happen over on the face space at facebook.com Backslash groups backslash blasters and blades podcast again, facebook.com backslash groups backslash blasters and blades podcast. Our website is anchor.fm backslash blasters dash and dash blades again, anchor.fm backslash blasters tech and tech blades. Uh, that is also where you could support the show for a reoccurring Patreon style model. If you're familiar with that, where you can donate uh, as little as 99 cents a month or as much as sky's the limit, um, it helps keep the lights on because. Producing the show isn't free. Uh, we appreciated all of you that supported us for season one, and hopefully we can duplicate that for season two. You can also support the show over at buymeacoffee.com backslash author J.R. Hamley. Again, buymeacoffee.com backslash author Jr. Hanley. Be sure to put in the comment section that it is for the podcast. And I promise I will keep my co-hosts, Doc Seska and Nick Garber, duly intoxicated. They will drink until their liver surrenders.
0: Never surrender.
1: All right, bring us home, Doc.
0: Okay. I was waiting to see if you were done talk- yammering. So thank you for sending some of your precious time with us for the absentee Nick Garber, Jr. Hanley. I'm Suska. This was the Blasters and Blades podcast. We'll be back next week, same time, same place, enjoying our love of torturing Jr. nerd culture, cheesy jokes, and <laughs> all things that go boom. And, of course, the great and mighty pineapple on pizza.
1: I'm going to have to hunt long yes. and far until I can find more guests that appreciate the true and proper way to eat a pizza. Pizza is not.
0: amazing uh, with pineapple on it, particularly salty, yummy bacon